this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Welcome back, everyone, to the show, and we're happy to celebrate Giving Tuesday with you, and we want to introduce you to some of our new friends that we have had so much joy getting to know. They mean so much to us. Well, as many of you know, that both on social platforms and in the podcast, uh, Beth and I have some very dear uh, desires and values in our hearts as it relates to uh, entrepreneurship, but also as it relates to social justice and uh, minority communities experience here. And so uh, in pursuit of being stewarding our resources and our sense of calling, we have come across some amazing people here in Nashville, Tennessee, that we would love to introduce you to about the incredible work that they are doing. And so today we have Will Acuff and Shana Berkeley are here today to talk to us about Corner to Corner. Super funny how I found out I was uh, about corner to corner. I was watching during 2020, I was watching a service online church at a church service. And the pastor said, Hey, corner to corner is doing a ministry lunch today. Be sure to connect with Will uh, after church. And I thought, Oh, that sounds interesting. And so I just contacted Will that week. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where it came about. Well, Corner to Corner was founded by Will and Tiffany Acuff in 2011, based on their core belief that Jesus calls us to love our neighbors in the same way we love ourselves. So Will and Tiffany sought to create a faith-based nonprofit that focused on seeing neighbors flourish on their own terms. Over the last 10 years, Corner to Corner has centered their work on education and economic equity, grounded in the love of Christ. Since those early days that they have seen the work go from their house to their neighborhood and ultimately now to the entire city of Nashville. Yeah, well, welcome, friends. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you you guys for having us. Well, since this is an Enneagram podcast, can you guys just share with us a little bit about yourself and your Enneagram types and just the journey that you're on in discovering your type? Yeah, well, Will, why don't you go first and then introduce to us uh, Shana. Yeah, so y'all, Will Acuff, so glad to be here, y'all. We have so appreciated your support and encouragement um, over these many months since you randomly emailed me that day at the (laughs) church. Uh, But yeah, y'all, so I'm an Enneagram 8. And actually, Tiffany, my co-founder, is also an Enneagram 8. And so your you wife. Can, yeah, yeah, and my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's co-founder and wife. Yeah. Yes. Wife, wife first before co-founder. Um, and yeah, two Enneagram 8. Um, somebody told us our, it's like being raised by wolves um, you know, in, our, in our household. Um, I'd like to think on good days, we are clearing a path for others, right? Yes. That's how we, we are just natural advocates yes. in a lot of different ways. Um and on days where maybe we're not leading from a place of health, we will litigate everything, right? <laughs> so you can imagine Tiffany will get some coffee and I will instantly be like, hmm, interesting choice on the coffee. Uh, <laughs> can you justify this particular brand to me? Um, and so we're always trying to, to learn what it means to be eight in health uh, mm-hmm. together. Um, and then it, when it comes to work, it becomes, uh, honestly, it feels like a superpower yes. um, that to just um, bringing a lot of energy and focus um, and a strong sense of justice to everything we do. Yes. Um, and really feeling like, man, how do we advocate well and mm-hmm. bring the marginalized to the middle? Yes. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit about my kind of Enneagram vibe. And Shana Berkeley here with us today, um, she's actually taking over as executive director of Corner to Corner, which is super exciting. And I think you're a two, right? Yes. So my name is Shana Berkeley. I'm the executive director of Corner to Corner, and um, I'm like an eight. I am a two, which uh-huh. I'm learning all of these things, and it's funny to learn more about uh, the Enneagrams. But for generally for me as a two, I'm very much so a helper and believe in relationship building. And so I take all of the energy and the, what's the right word, Will? The passion and yes. the, the running um, that Will does, and I'm like just making sure the people behind him don't get blown away by the wind of his, his <laughs> sales when he's running. I'm like, hey, don't forget these people. <laughs> you know, let's give them some grace. And so 
it's funny. Actually, I don't know. Two and eight to work well together. Yeah. Because you know, as a two, I think I can I can see where he's going, and I'm I'm all about it. If you if you want to do it, we're gonna do it. Yes. yes. And then I get the people excited about um, about the work and the vision, and then just making sure that they have a good time in it. So for me, it really does matter that our team knows each other and is building life together, um, and having some memories amongst the work because nonprofit work sometimes can feel thankless. Yeah. So I want to make sure that they feel thanked, at least from us, and then hopefully modeling that for our community to, to have gratitude in a big way as well. Man, the- yeah, y'all, she has done like multiple team parties since taking over. <laughs> yes. And I think in my history as the executive director, I've threw exactly zero team parties. Zero. Exactly. Uh, zero that has worked to be done. And when we have a couple more, the holidays are my time to shine too. Yes. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. Now, it, it is interesting to think of this through the lens of the Enneagram, at least for Beth and I, to think about the work that you do, the obstacles that you must overcome, and the trust that must be built in order for corner to corner to thrive. And I can't think of two better types to be right. able to do that. Well, I think, you know, I'm glad that you set me up that way because I was just going to say. That's what I do, Beth. I, I set you up for you to be the Enneagram Yoda. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, just knowing the two of you um, with the conversations that we've had, you know, Will and Tiffany being both eights, you know, we call eights the snowplow, like, and not just a Ford pickup truck. We talk about them being a big diesel snowplow. Of course, us down here in Nashville, we don't even know what that is. Um, we have sprinklers. They, yeah. they, they sprinkle the road. I don't even know if they do that down here. But up in the Midwest and the North, there's these huge diesel snowplows because you absolutely have to have them if anyone's going to get around. Um, now, the problem with eights as snowplows, if they're unaware of some of their tendencies, they can be so driven to plow that path because, man, they are about plowing that path, Right that they can start to nick people on the side of the road and maybe even plow over people without even knowing it and without the intention. Now, sometimes that is the intention, but sometimes it's not. And so people are like, Whoa, dude, what is going on? Like, like, why are you plowing over people? I thought your whole point was to plow path. And it's like, yeah, I am like, what, what in the world? And so for a two, a two is so relational and they're very attuned to other people's feelings and needs and what's going on and, and to to basically give them a big warm hug in some sort of relational style. So like for you, Shana, it's like throwing these parties and recognition and all that stuff and appreciation. That is a huge gift for um, the two. And so a eight can become a very healthy eight when they take on some of the healthy attributes of the type two. So that line of connection and so, Shana, you really demonstrate for Will what that looks like. Like, hey, let's keep this relational. Let's keep, like, let's be aware of the people that we are passionate about. And that really helps Will and Tiffany go, yes, thank you so much for, for showing me some of the blind spots that I that I might have. So, like, turning on those headlights, you know, when they're driving that big diesel snowplow, like, oh, yeah, yeah there's people right there. Let's Let's get them behind us, not in front of us. But also, they need to move out of the way. Yes. And I think, you know, for me as someone who came into nonprofit work from a different industry, it really is helpful to to say, like, okay, we're going somewhere. And a lot of times Will is like, but we need to move. And the time is now and to kind of feel the temperature of the environment. Um, And it has really been helpful for me to say, dream bigger, you know, think Mm -hmm. longer, think higher. Um, in ways that lift everybody else up and is kind of pushing the team. So that's that's the part that I'm still learning and still growing into the shoes of someone who does have vision and someone who doesn't take no for an answer and really is like, believe the things that we're doing so much is like, oh, we can do this, we can do this. Yes. We can do this, we can do this. You know, I, I wake up and I'm like, yes, we got this. Yes. And then I come to the office and Shane is like, interesting Let's figure out what is a stable path to that. Yeah, I'm like, right. the building, what are you talking about? Yes, no, yeah. so you need, a, you know, I've learned the you need all the times is such a true statement because yep. sometimes I come into work like, can we do this? And then Will's like, it's already done. Yes. And that's exactly true. So a lot of times what people will learn is that the two under stress goes to eight, which is true. Eight or twos can become mama bears, right? If they see an injustice of someone they love, they are going to definitely come in strong. 
Um, so that's true. But what a lot of people don't realize is that we can access the healthy to the unhealthy part of both the types we're connected to on those lines. And so a two can see an eight like Will and Tiffany and go, no, we, we can do this. We've got this. And I don't have to worry about being rejected or unappreciated. I can do this because it is the right and good thing to do. And in the end, people will be blessed. And so it helps the two to get into action, which they're, they're usually in action, but it's from this um, not needing to get anything in return. So some twos, when they're not healthy, they give to get. Um, but by seeing Will and Tiffany, it's like, yeah, this is not a give to get. This is a mission. This is a purpose. This is a goal. And that really helps the two to get going. So the two of you together really, well, the three of you, but the two of you together really are a powerhouse, but you can help each other to see each other's weaknesses, but also to help each other to grow. So Shana, you started in the nonprofit world, and then at some point you got connected with Corner to Corner in the ACUFs, and now you're becoming the executive director, which has got to be so exciting. And But I would love to hear, how did that story begin when you got connected with these guys to now leading to where you're taking on the, the leadership of the organization? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90-minute sessions, and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Yes, I actually was a lawyer. I was a healthcare lawyer. And I went to school for 20 years, right, to do this one thing. You always have a singular goal in mind when you do things like, um, you know, professional degrees. And so I was a practicing lawyer, but I found that it was hard for me to build relationships, which at the time I didn't understand that as a personality type. I just thought it was a function of my age because I was in my early 20s when I started practicing law, but most of the other people who worked with me were in their 30s. And so... We didn't just have a, a, a lot of things in common. I had just come under the rock of school and trying to find new friends. And they were married and had kids and had their family down the street. And so it was challenging for me to ha- uh, make friends, which has never been the case. Okay. I'm a very social person. Right. So I was kind of struggling a little bit. That's, um, that's su- surprising you're saying that it was hard for lawyers to make friends. I, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, re- I'm shocked <laughs> by this. You know, I, I'm not your typical lawyer. I'm not quite. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, which answers the question already why she's not still in law. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I was I was good at the law part of it, but I also was didn't understand the the, the rules of the road. Like I wore bright blue and purple and red. Like I wore kind of how I was feeling that day, and um, that's not necessarily the lawyer uniform. And so when I started kind of just going to work and being myself and stopping because I had nothing else to do. Um, people would come to my office and every day want to see what I had on and show me their new scarf and kind of were excited again about expressing themselves through fashion or kind of getting out of the rut of being in a pretty stressful um, time, especially when I was practicing. It was doing the Affordable Care Act and that kind of coming in. I was a healthcare lawyer, so everybody was trying to figure it out. So I was like, this, this is interesting. You know, I didn't know much about it, but I was praying about how to build community in how to grow, and I, you know, I wanted to be Olivia Pope at the time. The, you know, season one and two of Scandal, Olivia Pope. We got a little crazy <laughs> towards the end. Um, but I was actually working out, and then I was taking a break, and I got on Facebook because I always say I'm going to work out, and then I never do. And so I was on Facebook, and one of my supporters, Leon Francois of the Cupcake Collection in Nashville, 
was talking about this business class and had a she was scholarshiping one person, the first person to text this number. It turns out it was Will's number. But I thought oh, it was like an awesome. office number. I drove myself. It was his phone number, yeah. So I text this number and someone texted me back and was like, Well, you know, you're the second person, but we still have room in the class. And then I remember like I wasn't a poor college kid anymore. I was like, Oh wait, I have a job, I have money, I can pay for this. So I enrolled in the class and I and Will was actually my facilitator. Uh-huh. Okay. This is way back in 2017. 2017, yes. Yeah. So um, I was in the fall 2017 class. And so I went to class and I actually met people who went to my church in that class. And our class was like an instant community and family. Mm-hmm. It's something that A, I was searching for at work that I was still trying to find. But B, really being able to see how my love of fashion and clothes could be a business and could be something that could, you know, help me creatively because. When you are in such a specific field, you don't have that creative outlet. Yeah. So I went to the class. Do you want me to tell you? Are you tell the story about your outfit? Well, no, no. no. I was just going to say, you can't see right now because this is a podcast. But yeah. Shana is wearing bright purple pleather pants, like right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is ongoing thing. Yeah, you know, you have to show up for yourself. Getting dressed is the best part of my day. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. not sure that's good or bad. That but it's, is it's... the most boring parts of our day. Oh, we totally. wear the same things yeah. all the time. Like today I was like, okay, because as a nine, it's all about comfort unless I have to yeah. like, dress How for success. Awesome is this? That, like, like I'm wearing yeah. a hoodie and sweatpants right now. But I, but as a two, I, like she's literally bringing color out daughter, of people. But our daughter does that and, as a and two. as a nine... Like, I don't think you ever bring creativity <laughs> out of me. <laughs> Especially not in the clothing not attire. I, I challenge I challenge our, our our friend, our staff. Like, the best part of the day is getting up saying, who do you want to be today? How do you want to feel? Yeah. Yesterday I had on cowgirl boots. I was feeling a little, like, line dancey. Today I have on, you know, leather pants. And, you know, <laughs> line every, every day. I don't, I, you know how, like, Libby... <laughs> A couple years ago, when she was in high school, remember she had those sandals with the oh oh man the little what do you call those pom poms? I mean, yes, like yeah. they, I just and they I were just like remember. a bunch of different colors, like all the pom poms, and it and it like it went up her calf, you know. So it was like a sandal yeah. that, and there are all these pom poms. And Jeff and I are looking at it like, what yeah. what is happening? Shana, and then you, you need to you but, need to affirm our daughter because I I but I, then we would leave the I minimized her creativity, <laughs> but then but we would be like. I don't get it. And then we get off. This is when we were on a cruise. We get off the cruise and she's wearing these little, you know, sandal pom-pom things. And like everyone would stop her and go, that is so cute. I love that. Oh my gosh. And we're looking at each other like, we obviously don't know anything. No idea. (laughs) So anyway. That happens to me constantly with Shana. Yeah. Like we went to a meeting um, at the mayor's office recently with some of his economic development team. um, And Shana was wearing these shoes that got like, they made her move really slowly, right? Like the heel was significant. Yes, uh, yes. However, we were stopped every seven feet by someone who was like, oh, that's fire. Where did you get those? Right? Yes. No one ever yes. says that about my sneakers. Yes. Like, oh, I'm yeah. like, it takes time to get to the car wheel because people want to talk. And I want to tell them where I got my outfit and affirm their outfit. It takes a while for me to get any any singular place. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so I was in Will's class and, and we had a lot of fun. Um, and then I volunteered with Corner the Corner because I believed in the work, but I was still mm-hmm. learning and trying to understand really Will's heart in it. Yeah. And I hadn't met Tiffany at the time because they had just, um, Penelope was still really young. She was like, his daughter was like one mm-hmm. year old. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, I hadn't met her, but I've heard about her and kind of everybody knew her except for me. I was like, mm-hmm. I need this lady. And so I hosted um, one of their, after my graduation, I hosted the graduation after that. Mm-hmm. And I met her, and she came up to me and said, you're going to work with us one day. And I was like, I don't know, girl. You can't yes. afford me. <laughs> you can't afford me. <laughs> the shopping habit is not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but lo yeah. and behold, I yeah. invited Shana to lunch um, in that, that was in 2018. In 2018. Yeah. And she should have said no. Um, but I we, we had lunch. lunch. Yeah. And I just said, hey, look, would you be willing to take over the academy as director? Yeah. Um, because at that point we had scaled it from one to three sites. Yeah. Um, and I just saw so much potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and to put it in context, 88% of our graduates are black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have grown this community of underestimated entrepreneurs who are 
taking a business dream and turning it into a money-making reality right. and really carving out their own slice of the American dream. And Shana just had so much vitality and mm -hmm. connection and passion for that community of women. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I was like, would you take this job over? And she did that Christian thing when you're really saying no, but you just don't say it directly. And she said, I'll pray about it. Yes. Right. <laughs> Which I did. I prayed about it. Which she did, but I also prayed about it. And my <laughs> prayer won because God was like, yeah, that's the job. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. My prayer was, God, give Will somebody else. So, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but I, I prayed about it and I talked to my law boss and she literally was like, I think you should do it. If you're not sure, you know, you should try. And this opportunity won't come back around. I talked to my mom. So anyway, he asked me maybe in like April or May. I said yes in November. Uh, yeah, it was a long prayer. Um, I said yes in November, and then I started in January of 2019, and we've been rocking ever since. And really, it does um, feed a place in my life and my heart that I didn't know that I needed in, in places of, in myself that I hadn't explored in that way. So, well, I can't wait because I, I can see what question you're going to ask. And I just, I, I really, I just can't wait for the listeners to hear what they do. Right. Yeah. yeah, we haven't said that yet. I know, it's like, I'm like, just like, we got to tell well, them. A well-dressed uh, nonprofit. A half well-dressed nonprofit. <laughs> That's right. Well, well I, I love hearing God's role in this particular work because this is, this is not a work that um, gets a lot of eyes on it. Uh, it's hard work. It's It's a long work. And to recognize this is something that's weighty that, okay, it's almost like Moses praying. You've been telling me to lead these people, but you've not told me who's going to go with me. So it's like you, this is a significant movement addressing real issues for generations, for families. And mm -hmm. so, but often gets overlooked uh, for various reasons. Uh, so why don't we get into some of the details about what you do? Uh, the first thing is what makes Corner to Corner unique as a ministry? Yeah, um, so great question. Uh, I said this earlier, but the commitment to educational equity and economic equity, or rather you said it, Jeff, um, is really different. And what I mean by that is um, equity is another way of saying love your neighbor as yourself, right? We don't need to love all neighbors in the exact same way because they're all different, right? A love of neighbor is a call to get closer, and equity is a call to get closer to your neighbor to find out what's actually going on for them. And so for Corner to Corner, Tiffany and I moved into a historically low-income neighborhood 15 years ago um, in downtown Nashville. And Tiffany started working behind bars at the men's prison um, and became a former offender job training specialist, right? The kind of job that does not intimidate an ape, right? She's mm -hmm. like, yes, I will go to prison every day. Um, and as former offenders transitioned back to the neighborhood, they became our actual neighbors. And so we just had an open-door policy at our house where – we were constantly um, hanging out with family members and kids uh, and community members who were um, putting an anchor down in the storm of poverty. Um, and Tiffany was walking with them in that path. Uh, and that really gave birth to Corner to Corner. And then kind of some of the things that make it unique is um, we work on educational equity, helping kids fall in love with reading so they can skip the school to prison pipeline. In Nashville right now, two-thirds of kids are not reading at grade level. And that stat hasn't moved in over 20 years. So this is a literacy crisis by any definition, but we keep doing the same things to try to address it. And so we came along and said, man, what would it look like to help kids fall in love with reading? So we did a, uh, launched a program called Script to Screen, where kids watch Black Panther and read the script at the same time, connecting the dots that this thing they already love started on the page. And then they work together to write their own three-act script and then we bring in the cameras and the lighting and the technology, and they actually get to mess with all of that stuff, including flying drones, right? When yeah. if you want to get a yes. kid excited about reading, <laughs> put a drone in their hand, right? right. <laughs> uh, and then we do a red carpet premiere where we have movie posters and a red carpet, and it's like Comic-Con, and they're on stage talking about their vision for these roles. Um, and what we found is 55% of the kids who go through our program go up a whole grade level in reading. Right, as well as statistically significant changes in their confidence levels. Yes. So that's on the education side. It's really finding new and innovative ways that are also data-driven um, to change that. And then on the economic development side, uh, we were forever doing Tiffany's job training, her former offender job training, in the community for years. Um, and then one day our neighbors were like, hey, 
we don't need your help getting a bad job in Nashville. Like I can get nine to ten dollars an hour all day, but yet I can't afford to live in the city because mm-hmm. Nashville, according to MIT's living wage study, shows that in our city it's twenty four sixty five an hour to have a living wage. Wow. And to put that in perspective, a living wage is not go on that crazy vacation. It is be able to afford to replace a tire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had so many neighbors who were already doing multiple things to make their economic year work, but didn't have um, you know, access to business training that really they could take one of those things and amplify it. And so we launched this curriculum that was used in over 80 cities. We brought it to that same rec center we've been hanging out at for years. Um, and we started at one site and then we've scaled to 10. And at this point, this year, uh, that program put $10 million back into the neighborhood economy. And we've launched over 500 minority owned businesses uh, in the city of Nashville. 500. That is yeah. just remarkable. And, 500. and then just to hear the, the uniqueness of that, too, is that you had mentioned earlier that 88% of these graduates are black women. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. 88% are black women who, um, according to a recent study actually by Goldman Sachs, um, not, the black women in America have a 90% wealth gap, right? Um, and the, the average black family is going to have about $5 compared to $100 for the average white family, right, in terms of wealth and, and financial stability. Now, one of the things that I've heard you sh- say, Will, that was really helpful to me is that um, one, you talked about the difference between high growth entrepreneurship and front porch entrepreneurship. So would either of you like to comment on that and define that a little more? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to unpack that. So um, often when we think about business business growth, the models we see come out of Silicon Valley, right? And they're focused on creating something that's going to you know, be another Apple or an Uber or an Airbnb, right? Something like that. Um, when the majority of businesses in the U.S. are small businesses, right? Um, they are 5, 10, 20, 30 employees, um, and they have a massive economic impact on those families and on those neighborhoods, but they're not sweeping the nation, so they don't get a lot of attention. Yes. Um, but what happens when we, we, we take that mentality, that high growth, and we bring it into our local business training, we have this idea that, like, you better be incredible, your idea better be incredible, and you better scale the only thing that matters is scaling, right? Um, but as a faith-based nonprofit, we actually think our neighbors as image bearers are incredible as is, mm-hmm. right? Yes. They uniquely reflect the image of God. And so we say, no, 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 come into this room, right? And, and learn these skills, learn this pathway to launching a business, but know that you are the important thing. Mm-hmm. Ideas will come and go and learning different ways to pivot and bring something to the marketplace that will change based on, on what's going on day to day. But you will always be incredible. And how do we use your God-given passion, creativity, and drive and build a bridge of opportunity to express that in the marketplace? Yes. And so it's a massive shift, which means that we get to lead with empathy mm-hmm. rather than like some kind of lecture or like top-down, go, go, go yep. vibe. And it creates a safe place yep. of collaboration versus competition. Right. Wow. You know, when most people think about ministries like this, and, and I know just in our experience or having been in ministry for 20 plus years, a lot of times when people think of nonprofits like yourself, it, you're just, you're giving money and you're, it, it immediately goes to immediate assistance for people. This here is something radically different. Like you're, you really are investing in someone's calling and future. Like it, God's already been a part of this program. He's He's been writing the story for this moment, and we are simply acknowledging it by saying, like, let's join. You know, I remember the whole, what was it, Henry Blackaby and Experiencing God? Join God in what he's already doing by gifting mm-hmm. these people with opportunities to serve their communities, uh, which, oh, uh, it, incredible. I, I, even talking now, I've continued to be amazed by the work that the Lord's given the both of you to do. One of the things that uh, I think makes you guys unique is your core values for corner to corner. And 
there are five of them here. Love your neighbor as yourself, pass the spotlight, ministry of consistency, economic development, and racial justice. Would you mind commenting just on each of those five and give our listeners a better understanding about what's at the heart of Corner to Corner? Yes, yeah, so I'll start with the first one, the love your neighbor as yourself. And we'll really explain that pretty well in a sense of if you are concerned about your own kids' education, your own financial future, your own happiness, your own outfit, right? That's great. And we want that to, to be real in your life. But we also want you to open that circle of love and remind you that God has enough space and has put enough inside of our community to not only love ourselves and our families well, but to extend that to our neighbors. And at least for corner to corner as a staff, it's not just about who is your next door neighbor in actuality, but it's who your kingdom neighbor. So we work in, in North and East Nashville majority, but we also have a, a Zoom class. So we really care about our entire neighborhood and our kingdom neighbors and how to love them well, even when things are not easy or relationships feel a little bit strained or that sometimes you're doing majority of the work. How can we still show love um, in, in those ways? Yeah, I, another way of saying that is just like we we love ourselves really well by taking care of our family's financial stability and our education, you know, for our kids. We should give that same level of focus and obsession to our neighbors, mm -hmm. right? It's a radical statement by Jesus with huge implications, but we often feel like, no, no, that's just a minor piece, right? It's a background thing. I'll take a little bit off the top for my neighbor. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. As many times as you check your own, you know, online bank statement, you should be that focused on your neighbor's online bank statement. How are they doing, right? Um, past the spotlight, the next one, that's simply the idea that we're not trying to build our own kingdom, right? And so we might start a program, but we don't lead the program. So like with the academy, we do leadership training twice a year where community members, graduates of the program, get trained as leaders and then lead each site. So we're not, you know, creating a cult of personality in any way, shape, or form, but rather trying to create a, a, a community where everybody is on stage. Um, the Ministry of Consistency, uh, this one is nothing beats showing up day in, day out, right? right. You could read a million books on the right way to do nonprofit, um, but at the end of the day, the right way is to be there with your neighbor, um, to learn how to rejoice in moments of rejoicing, and learn how to weep with diverse moments of weeping um, and be present for both of those. Um, yeah, I was mindful of, uh, wasn't it uh, John Perkins who had the comment that it's used in real estate, but he was talking about it and helping urban communities where he said, location, location, location. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got to be a neighbor. <laughs> yep. 100%. And actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Dr. John Perkins just had me down to his home in Mississippi and I got to spend a day with him. Oh, but that um, was so special. Yeah, learning from his, you know, decades and decades of experience. It was, uh, it felt like an Old Testament style, you know, like meeting where <laughs> yeah. I showed up reverential and took my shoes off kind of vibe, you know. <laughs> uh, That's great. Um, yeah, economic development, Shana, you want to unpack this a little bit? Yeah, so we uh, exercise that through the academy where we want to make sure in the first loving your neighbor, we're caring about their financial future, how we help them economically and understand um, how to build their business and how to really have a good foundation. And then we also have classes after that, what we call the Academy Amplified. And so we teach them how to continue to start small to start now, how to understand the price of money, give them a small um, interest on with Academy Invested to really be able to grow that future and then to reinvest in their community. So a lot of our alumni give scholarships to current students um, when they're going through or really are understanding how we can financially help one another and develop our community. Yeah. And really seeing these small businesses as their, their neighborhood economic engine, right? Yes. Um, and how you can, um, helping a, a family launch a business is going to be a multi-generational change um, and not just a one-off. Um, and then we, racial justice is our fifth core value. Um, and another way of putting that is biblical justice. Right. Um, we, if we look at the language of Job, where he's talking about what it means to be righteous. Right. Um, and Job is described in the Bible as a righteous man. Um, he says that the widow sings when she sees him. Right. That his his direct love of her is so powerful that she just is pumped. Right. The most vulnerable when Job walks on the scene. But then he also says that he seeks out the oppressor. Right. Um, he talks about going after the fangs, Right. Of the oppressor in their community and breaking them. And so 
you know, when you look at that, you're looking at love in that one-to-one neighbor way, but you're also zooming out and looking at it in that systemic way, right? Um, and in, you know, in our community, uh, the average black family has one-eighth the financial stability um, of the average white family. Um, that didn't happen ahistorically, but yeah. often, especially in faith-based nonprofits, we act with this myth as if race hasn't affected poverty, uh, which by any single measurement that you look at in the nation and you look at it in, in Nashville, that's simply not true. Um, and so we have to own that, be honest about it, and start taking active participation um, in building bridges of opportunity so that story is not the story of our future as well as our past. Right. Well, I mean, Jeff and I are entrepreneurs, you know, after 20 years of being, you know, in the ministry and um, kind of in, in that vein. Well, to be quite honest with you, one of the reasons why we have such interest in Corner to Corner is that we recognize in our entrepreneurial story, there were certain privileges and benefits Mm -hmm. that came with growing up in the families that we did that contributed to the growth of your Enneagram coach. Mm -hmm. And we recognized as a couple, wait a minute, not everybody has those privileges, but people do have gifts and callings to live out. How can we be advocates for people whenever they face those kinds of hurdles? Yeah, so the thing that comes to my mind is what are some of the barriers that these underestimated entrepreneurs that you guys are working with, um, what what are they, how are they overcoming these? Like, what do, how are you guys facilitating that and providing for them? Yeah, um, one of the barriers is going to be a lack of, of access, right? A lack of access to training, a lack of access to to understanding, to classes, to courses, to really having that good foundation for a business because the ideas and the passions, the talents, the drive, they're in the community. That's something that God already gave us. But the arm ramp to opportunity is something that was lacking. And so that was one thing that we really knew at Corner to Corner through the academy specifically that needed to be addressed and and built and created for our community. Man, I, I love that part because it, it – it's not just immediate help. It's I'm training you for something in the future, which is just such a massive investment into the lives of people, a gift to people. I mean, I, I hate using the term investment because it looks like you're, you guys are supposed to get a return out of your investment and in others, yeah, but yeah. The, the return is for community building. It's not necessarily for corner to corner. Yeah. Yeah. The return is joy. Right. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things that as Christians, um, I think, and especially in the West, we've been so isolated in our mm-hmm. sense of self and purpose and that like purpose-driven life is a single serving thing, right? Yes. Uh, and that's simply not the way of Christ. Um, we're meant to be part of a body. We're meant to lean on each other. Um, yeah. And so I think as we, you know, we think of investment, we do reap benefits um, yeah. all the time mm-hmm. um, in, in, yeah, abundance and joy. And so something else well about it is that our, our classes are community located and community led. And so our classes happen in the rec center that Will was telling you about earlier where they even started. But all around Nashville, we have rec centers and, and local churches and places that really support. And, and our students already have agency and community and connection with. Mm-hmm. But then also, as he also stated, that our classes are led by graduates or small business owners in the community. That's really important because it's great to have you know, someone who just exited a tech company or Oprah be your teacher, right? That's awesome. But do they know how to do Facebook ads? Probably not, right? Do they understand, you know, what it really takes to build a community in a way that you don't have a team or that you're you're still trying to be counterculture or talking to customers on a one-on-one basis? But the people who teach these classes and the people that we train to teach these classes are really 10 steps ahead of you. And so they've been where you are. They can tell you about the the places that you should avoid and the things to lean into to really mm-hmm. grow your business quicker. See, I love that. So for Beth and I, we, I remember step by step, even like the very microphones that we're using for the podcast. I didn't know what to do. I, we were going to start a podcast. What do you do? You call friends who know what to do and have experience in these things. And you've created a whole ecosystem Mm -hmm for which yeah. is such a gift that it's not only about seeking their own financial gaining starting businesses for their family which is noble enough but it's even sharing their stories and resources with one another uh, to help them overcome the hurdles that they face what a what a tremendous gift yeah yeah 
Uh, and best to your question about barriers, we also see um, lack of access to technology and lack of access to capital. Mm-hmm. So when COVID hit, 41% of Black-owned businesses closed permanently wow. nationwide. Wow. Um, and as they you know, kind of unpacked the stories behind that, two big factors came out. One was um, it was relational sales, right? That one-on-one interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people weren't built to sell online. And so to address that, we launched Shopify e-commerce training. So once you're an alumni, we will teach you how to build and launch a Shopify store mm-hmm. so you can sell at a distance, right? Um, and then we also, the lack of access to capital, the, the PPP loans that went out to small businesses yeah. um, in the midst of the COVID crisis, um, many black small-owned businesses didn't have traditional banking relationships, right. and so did not get access to those. Um, and so we launched a pilot program called the Academy Invested with that Shana mentioned with 1% interest loans, anywhere from 250 to $1,000, because a lot of our community members don't have um, the capacity to raise what's called a friends and family round in the funding world, right, where you get some, some kind right. of goodwill investment to get you off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not ready to be banked either, right, even with the Small Business Administration, because um, those that level of paperwork and everything else is significant hurdles for a lot of folks. Um, and so we launched... Um, this program, and I, I love this one. We had a graduate named Jay um, who did uh, hair care products, right, um, for black women. And she found out about a local opportunity at Walmart that was doing local partnerships. And she applied to be able to sell at her local Walmart, and she got rejected, right? So she learned some things. She reapplied, got rejected again, got better on the third try, still rejected. Fourth try, rejected again but she never gave up. Wow. And on that fifth try, they said, yes, we want your product at Walmart. And so she called us. She's like, y'all, I have to make this huge shipment of products. Where am I going to get the money? <laughs> We're like, we've got sure. you, right? And so we loaned her $1,000 at 1% interest loan, went over an amortization schedule, right? Yes. Like what's the cost of money when you're, when you're getting a loan, went through that stuff. And now her products are sold at Walmart. And her kids didn't believe her, right? They get home from school. And she literally put a sign in her front yard that advertised her business being at Walmart, right? Like, I see an <laughs> amazing sure. picture. And her kids are like, Mom, quit messing. Like, there's no way you're actually, you know, being sold at Walmart. And she had to open up her computer, go to walmart.com, and show her kids. And they about fell out, wow. right? Uh, but it's those kind of stories and those kind of access um, that we have these incredibly talented determined people right who are so focused on outcomes and all we're doing is getting behind their dreams and then getting out of the way yes that's so amazing well what's the other one of the other barriers that i've heard you mention is just actual physical space and uh, in particular communities that can be difficult uh, it can be expensive tell us more about how people are overcoming that yeah, I mean, if you if you've been around Nashville lately, we um, have had this explosive growth in our city size and housing prices um, and business you know space prices. Um, it's been going on for years, but at, at right now it's kind of at a frenzy point. And so that means that brick and mortar space is super hard to come by if you're just launching a business, and again, you don't have a lot of access to traditional capital. Uh, and so we and what we're seeing for our businesses is they're getting to a certain level of growth you know, 12, 18, 24 months down the road where they're selling online, they're growing that online voice. But if we're honest, it's super hard to compete with the Amazons of the world, right? Like everyone acts like stepping into the online marketing world is like super easy, but it's really hard. And one of the best ways is to have a good online plan and an in-person plan. Because in person, you can make those relational moments happen, right? You can show what excellent customer service you have. Um, and so that lack of brick and mortar access is a severe hindrance. And so we're currently in the process of, of raising money for building out a brick and mortar space where we could have, you know, you could graduate from the academy, have access to brick and mortar space for, say, six months and pay a subsidized rate based on your revenue. Um, and so we're, we're talking with a developer. I've had several meetings. I'm in over my head. I've never done this before. Uh, like you talk about the microphone thing. I'm like calling my friends and be like, how do we get codes to approve like a grease trap? You know, like things yes. I don't know about. Um, but that's realistically, I mean, to get the kind of space we're talking about, that's a $3 million, you know, capital campaign. 
um, which is far exceeds anything else that Corner Corner has ever tried before. Mm-hmm. But we know that our community will crush it. Yeah. And we can imagine a world where you could come, you know, to a black business and innovation hub in Nashville and get to taste and see some of the great businesses that are coming out of this community. Right. You know, well, that reminds me of a story and how unique your approach to building in the urban core uh, years ago. So Beth's father was on John Perkins board for an, over a decade and her father at times would take leaders from Kansas city to other cities to see how they are doing uh, development, community development. And we happened to go visit Bob Lupton down in Atlanta. And I was, my eyes were open. The scales fell off. I mean, I was just like, Oh wow, this is incredible. But I, I remember asking him once, um, how do you partner with local churches? Mm. And he said, we typically don't. They don't have the same interest in mind. Mm. Um, the church wants to provide the experience to go down and help someone, but also be an outreach in their community to get more people at church. And he said, we're trying to create homeowners and businesses. Uh, and it's just a different perspective on this. Whenever I hear you talk about brick and mortar and needing capital for people, this is not gentrification stuff where you're trying to bring the next high rise, the next development opportunity to make money and to bring all these great chefs in for these restaurants and reshape what the community looks like. You're saying, no, no, no. God's already put assets in the community. We are simply trying to give an opportunity for it to grow and to be what God's already made it to be. Yep. 100%. Yeah. I, I couldn't say it better. We, we see, it feels like to Shana that every day, Shana and I, we see just like diamonds and like beautiful gems scattered everywhere, you know? And we're trying to tell people like, look at this. It's incredible. And to go to your point, most of the time people are like, I'm sorry, I can't even look. I've got a million things that are my own focus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and to slow down would be a hindrance, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we're like over here singing and dancing and, you know, yeah. trying to draw attention any way we can. Well, um, let's yeah. actually take a moment to highlight those diamonds. I know that you've got some really amazing stories. You told us the one on Jay, but tell us some other stories about what God is doing. Yeah. So uh, another one of our favorite stories, um, Marcus Bubbs. Uh, was he first class? Yes. Yeah, first class back in the fall of 2016. Uh, and as Shana mentioned, we have this whole philosophy of start small so you can start now, right? So what's the shortest mm-hmm. distance to start making money? And Marcus wanted to launch a restaurant but didn't have the upfront capital, right? Like, again, that's a very expensive prospect right. in a yeah. city like that. So, um, so he started catering because he could do that like next week. Um, and as he started building his book of business, understood his chart of accounts, right, got all of his operational stuff done, he was also refining what kind of recipes he was going to bring to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ultimately landed on chicken and waffles with all these homemade sides, but in a waffle cone, right? What? So, like, you can eat it on the go. Yes. Um, <laughs> and like a million times. Yeah. Uh, a little there every week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, you've got it. You've got it. What? Wait, where is this? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so to, to, to finish the story, he launched his brick and mortar in fall of 2019. So for three years, he was doing catering, got his brick and mortar up and running. And then, as we all know, what happened in the mm-hmm. early part of 2020, COVID <clears throat> pandemic hit, right? Um, and restaurants were closing everywhere. And I got this call from Marcus that spring, and honestly, my like heart dropped. I thought this was going to be that call, right? Like, hey, we tried, we just didn't see a global pandemic coming. But instead, he said, hey, um, the years of catering and what y'all taught us in the class on how to pivot have helped us to crush it on takeout. And we're doing so well that I'm calling the scholarship five more people through the academy. So it was a donation phone call, not a I'm closing phone call. That's amazing. That's remarkable. And they're also digging some pike in Nashville. I know you asked the location. So if anybody's in Nashville, 
Dickerson Pike Conehead still recorded according to Yeah, you might even enjoy it. You might even get a discount. Yeah, I don't know about that part, but yeah, tell him Will said you get a discount. Marcus will give me a call later. Be like, sure, you're gonna pay for that discount, Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that sounds incredible. I can't wait to try. Yeah, it's so good. It's my son, my nine-year-old son's favorite restaurant in Nashville by far. And another great story. This is Adrian Bowling. Um, who she launched her business, A1 Mobile Notary, right? Think the Uber of notary services, because if you've ever needed a notary, right. you can find one. Yeah. Um, they're just impossible. Um, and so she was like, oh, I see this gap in the marketplace. I'll be the Uber notary. I will show up where you need me. And that first year of business out on her own, um, it was great. She did 35000 but she was stalled out and didn't know how to grow. Yeah. She came to the academy, and after taking the academy, she did over $85,000, wow. right? And when I asked her, what did that growth mean to you? Um, she started to just, I mean, honestly, had like this really um, brokenhearted moment where she shared about this loss in her family, mm-hmm. where um, she became the sole provider for her two kids. And she said, you know, Will, the weight of responsibility as every single one of those bills had my name on it would have been crushing if it weren't for the success and growth of my business. And thanks to A1 Mobile Notary, I didn't miss a single bill, mm. right? Remarkable. She actually has yeah. a sign on top of her car. You know, it looks kind of like a pizza sign, but yeah, A1 yeah. Mobile is her phone number. And her kids are so embarrassed when she <laughs> drops them off at school. Right. She has a she has a thirteen year old son who's like, Mom, can you take this thing off, please? Right. And she laughs at her kids and she's like, Oh no, because I'm closing deals with your teachers. Right. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. And I just love it. She's constantly going after it. I mean it's it's more than just the finances. Now her children are starting to see what it means to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And one hundred percent. I, I love I mean it, it's so much bigger than this. Even our kids are way more comfortable with starting their own ben- businesses as young adults because they saw their mom start one and it, it yep. has this generational effect to say like, you don't have to opt in to what generations before us did and just kind of tap in the machine and, and live your life. But rather there's an opportunity here that yeah, I can't imagine how many conversations we've had with our kids that are yeah. very similar of why are you guys doing that? Well, let's explain why we're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We can pass it along, but I love that how you guys are corner corner are doing that same thing with people that don't have, families and resources to learn from that they are learning from you. And then they're going out there and killing it. I love it. It's just so fun yeah, to hear. I mean, one thing about all of our programs is that we really want to make sure, um, and here's the relational part of me, that we reinvest or, or restate that it's important for you to dream. And then there are tools to help you follow those dreams. So a lot of times in in minority communities, particularly in the black community, you you stop dreaming at a really young age. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you need to get a good job or, or pay bills or really feel like you have quote-unquote responsibilities that cause you to be realistic. And so not only tip the screen for our kids, but the academy for adults, we see them saying, okay, now it's time for me. Now mm-hmm. it's time for me to awaken the dream. Now it's time for me to see how this could be a, a requirement or a priority in my life and to see really how when you dream and you have that that foundation that you can flourish in ways that you never would have imagined. So mm-hmm. it's so many stories like the ones that we have shared of people saying, I have a dream, but I don't want it to just be a fleeting experience. Yeah. I want to put some legs under it. And that's what the Academy does um, for our, our entrepreneurs. And we've really seen that be so fulfilling, not only financially, but emotionally and socially and communally. Yes. It's been a way and a for us to celebrate one another yeah. and continue to push one another and support one another. So it really has um, opened a lot of, of floodgates. I don't think that we even anticipated yeah. when yeah. we first started. Well, so, what is some of the biggest needs that Corner to Corner has? And I, w- one thing that Jeff and I really loved about meeting with you guys and learning about Corner to Corner is that it's not just like, okay, go to the suburbs, get some money, throw it at Corner to Corner, and then let's call it a day. Like you guys have man, your vision and your implementation is so much more than just that. So can you just share with us how you guys do things and then what your biggest needs are for the audience to know how to really participate and come alongside? Yeah. Well, so to do that, let me answer the question of where we're going. Right. Um, So several years ago, we came up with this big dream, you know, could we put $10 million back into the neighborhood economy 
by launching local businesses, right? And this year we hit that goal. And so we've revamped our dream because anytime you hit that that goal, you know, it's time <laughs> to dream bigger. Yeah. Uh, and so we now so we now have the two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm making us have a party at the end of the year. I'm like, yeah. we need to have a celebration and have fun. And we'll like, and then we need a strategy meeting for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So balance, yeah. balance. So, so, so where we're going next, so, and just to zoom in on the academy side, um, we, we're updating the $10 million plan and turning it into the $250 million plan. Wow. And that, that number is really specific because national data points to the fact that Nashville has room for 10,000 black-owned small businesses. Mm. And based on the Small Business Administration's annual report card, that would put at least $250 million back into the neighborhood economy every single year, mm-hmm. right? This would be the kind of economic groundswell, the likes of which our city has never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what we're, we're envisioning and working towards. Um, and if any of your listeners are like, oh my gosh, I want to hear all the details, will at corner to corner.org, like email me, I'll send you the PDF. <laughs> um, we're working towards that. And honestly, that's a $75 million plan. Yeah. That's what it will take. $75 million of input to produce $250 million every year. Yeah. So the biggest thing we need um, are corpora- corporations and individuals, whether they're on the $5 level or the $50,000 level, who go, I want to see Christian communities at the forefront of these issues. Yeah. If we're really going to say we love neighbor as ourselves, this is what it should look like um, and get those people on board. Um, and then secondarily, we need volunteers who are going to be committed, right? So we don't do like come for an hour on a Saturday. Like we just don't have those opportunities. Right? Mm-hmm. We have the invest for six months kind of opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, come and, and experience the ministry of consistency, whether that's helping a kid fall in love with reading um, or whether that's being a mentor to an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or a guest speaker in that class. Um, so those are the two yeah. big needs. I think for the volunteer portion that people are listening and saying, I wonder if I'll be a good fit. Obviously we would love, them just to visit our website to learn more about us and then inquire but generally we have people who work in the creative industry um who are maybe photographers and movie makers also people who are educators who love kids who understand the importance of literacy people who are subject matter experts like accountants mm-hmm. and our accountants are always like nobody ever asked us we need, we need you accountants yes we need a landing page yeah. converting just bookkeeper volunteers accountants bookkeepers lawyers um, entrepreneurs small business owners and again a lot of people think they have to have a million dollar business to be valuable but to us if you are 10 steps ahead of your business if you have a brick and mortar which blows our minds right and it's something that we all want to get to it and teach our entrepreneurs how to do that all of you are welcome in our ecosystem and we would love to have them as a guest speaker we would love to have them as a mentor as a volunteer as a host as a friend as a participant um as someone who really can speak into the lives of our business owners who are growing their small business right yeah and i love what you just said because so often you know even the the coaches that we're training they're like who am i i can't do this and i'm like if you're 10 steps ahead of the person who knows nothing about the Enneagram, you are qualified, you know, right, right now to work with them. And, you know, yeah, you're going to keep growing. I have teachers that I keep learning from because they're ahead of me. And that's great. We're all learning. We're all on this process and journey. And so that's what I love. Like, yes, uh, financial advisors, you know, if you, because I can think of our financial advisor, like you have stuff to offer. You have advice that can be so valuable. If you know how to do uh, email marketing, if you know how to do uh, surveys, if you know how to do um, mail, you know, like real, like snail mail you know, yeah. ads. Uh, podcast. Yeah. Podcast, yeah. <laughs> technology, yeah. like like the technology. latest yeah. and greatest yeah. in technology. Um, Graphic design, Canva. Yes. I mean, there are so Canva. many things. Yes. You have to understand that as a small business owner, you're doing the job of so many different yes. people at big corporations. So if you work mm-hmm. at a corporation, you may think, I only work in this one sector. Well, that sector is a part of making yes. the company whole. And so as a small business owner, you are the whole company, yeah. um, mm-hmm. at least at the beginning of that. So yeah. we would love for you to invest your time. With Super that. exciting you know, opportunities for people to literally step in and help 
whether it's through prayer, through their knowledge, their expertise, but then also financially. Well, Will and Shana, thank you so much for coming. And if you're part of the Your Enneagram Coach world, you're going to hear, be hearing a lot about Corner to Corner this week. Uh, I know that for many of us, uh, we've just spent the holiday weekend doing all the shopping, preparing for Christmas, and doing all of those different things. And But by God's grace, we've had, our culture has set up a moment to say, hey, we can contribute to something bigger than ourselves. And it's called Giving Tuesday today. And so here's what's happening and why we're doing all of this initiative. It, corner to Corner is dear to Beth and I's heart. And so we've wanted to steward, I mean, we have focused our team on this project, which they are fired up about. I mean, our team loves it. Recently, Will sent me a picture of all the recent graduates from the academy, and they were so jazzed. Um, Yeah, it was just so exciting to see. I wish they had that kind of excitement for some of our other projects, but uh, (laughs) they were really excited about this one. And so what we've uh, decided to do is partner with Corner to Corner for Giving Tuesday. And so as a gift to Corner to Corner from the Your Enneagram Coach team, we're going to be contributing up to $10,000. So we're going to do like a matching gift from uh, Your Enneagram Coach to Corner to Corner. And we're inviting all of our listeners to jump in and we're going to match up to $10,000 in gifts. As, As a matter of fact, if it were to go higher... I, I, I would, into, we, if we had that much interest, we would gladly join mm-hmm. in a, a movement of God to help you guys change people's lives and change their lives for generations. And what's so, so exciting about this is it's not just that, you know, we're going to put money into someone's pocket. Like we literally are seeing these lives transformed here in Nashville. Like we get to go, Jeff, eat chicken and waffles in a waffle cone as soon as possible because <laughs> they went through the yes. academy. I will, I will meet you there. Yes. And, and the grits are fantastic too. Definitely get the grits. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so super, but super people fun. get to join us. That's right. And, and, and to be honest with you all, I mean, here's the other interesting thing about this. Um, so you had mentioned about, uh, was it a, a, a venting hood? Is that what you, like you needed a guy to help figure out how to get, city code for vending. Like I've got a friend who does that work. I mean, so I, this is bigger than just the finances. Like we were mentioning Mm -hmm. earlier, the bookkeepers, um, the graphic designers, Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to contribute to someone's life beyond just your finances, your resources, your God given resources extend way beyond your money. He has given you a story. He has given you gifts. He has given you time And here's an opportunity to come alongside some people to help them bring their dreams alive for the sake of their community. And you can do this by in a couple of different ways. But if you do desire to give and to help us to meet this $10,000 matching gift, you go to yourenneagramcoach.com slash giving Tuesday. That's going to take you to the site where we're going to make sure that everything gets, um, that it's going to be processed there. So um, yourenneagramcoach.com slash giving Tuesday or you can go to Corner to Corner, uh, their website. Remind us, Will, what's the what's the web domain again? Uh, it's cornertocorner.org is our website. Cornertocorner.org. And if you'd like to find out more, Will's going to be there in front of his uh, email box ready. And uh, Shane is going to be there as well to answer questions for you guys uh, to help you to capture what how it is that you can participate in the work God's doing. So bombard them with emails, bombard them with asking about all these wonderful diamonds that are out there, learn more, contribute uh, financially, prayerfully, but also with your gifts and talents. First of all, thank you guys so, so much um, for your personal generosity and your community generosity. Um, often in this work, um, you, you might connect with one person, but you guys are being so gracious as to connect us with so many people who have a passion about learning about themselves and growing and changing, right, and understanding their own journey, um, who might also be willing to, uh, to do that for a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just such a blessing um, to us and our community. Uh, and then if you really want to see the life and times of Corner to Corner, at Corner to Corner on Instagram, and Shana has so many dancing <laughs> reels. Um, yes. So, like, 
for real. Uh, you get like our Instagram is basically community joy. Yeah. Um, and, and we would love to have you check oh, yeah. that out. Yeah. Cause then you get to see the faces, you get to see what God is doing in and through your work. So thanks for mentioning that. You know, there's this, I, I hope our listeners today have had this experience that many of the, the, the disciples had. There were repeated times where Jesus asked the disciples, do you see? Mm-hmm. There are times that we are living our life for whatever values and desires that we have. And Jesus calls our attention to a significant work that he is doing. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have that experience today in recognizing corner to corner and the gift they are uh, to Nashville and what even what they mean nationally as their programs, particularly the Academy and the Script to Screen, sets the example for other communities. And so there is a tremendous opportunity to join in what God is already doing. And so we hope that you'll join us by going to yourneagramcoach.com slash giving Tuesday. So thanks for joining us, everyone, today. Don't forget this. We always close out every podcast that the Enneagram reveals our need for Jesus, not our need to work harder. It's the gospel that transforms us. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.